Welcome to the Mariners Cast, presented to you by Sports Ethos, your place for worldwide sports coverage. I'm your host, Tino Ganasius. You can find me on Twitter at TinoJr20 and the podcast at Ethos Mariners. It is October 30th, 2023. It's Monday. I uh, had a week off traveling to Seattle and to Chicago uh, to see family. I will cover the current state of the shortstop position for the Seattle Mariners. I will grade out J.P. Crawford, starting Mariners shortstop, go over some free agent candidates, a couple of trade candidates, and give you my conclusion as to what I think the Mariners should do heading into 2024. Uh, Real quickly, Seattle was a blast. Uh, Went to see... Seahawks Cardinals uh that game was cracking it was nuts I hadn't been to a Hawks game in a couple of years uh really enjoyed that experience quite a bit was in Chicago which I consider to be one of the uh, baseball meccas uh lived there for a couple of years been to a lot of Cubs games been to a lot of White Sox games uh it's just you know it's just a sports town uh feels really different than Seattle in many ways because you've got those such a long history of uh, sports fans and sports fandom, Uh, but it was fun to be there. Amazing experience. In any case, uh, let's get started. I believe this is Mariners cast number 103. Uh, Again, I will talk current state of the Mariners shortstop position, free agents trade, and give you my conclusion as to what I think they should do. Uh, You can't really talk about shortstop without covering uh, J.P. Crawford. J.P. Crawford was a revelation this season for the Mariners offensively. Uh, A little background on J.P., left-handed hitter, obviously right-handed fielder, 29 years old. In January last season was his age 28 season. He is 6'2", 202 pounds. He was a first-round pick, pick number 16 overall by the Philadelphia Phillies in 2013. He was a bit of a bust. not in that he made it to the major leagues, but in that he was ex- more was expected from him uh, coming up. The Mariners acquired J.P. Crawford in the offseason, December of 2018. They acquired Crawford and Carlos Santana in exchange for Gene Segura, who was coming off a 3.8 Fangraphs War season. Juan Nicasio, who was a big right-handed reliever. And uh, Gerson Bautista, who was a lower-level right-handed pitching prospect for the Mariners. So Mariners gave up Segura. The plan was to replace him with a younger Crawford. Uh, Crawford was okay in his first couple of years. He really has come on. Came on last year offensively. uh, Was billed as an athletic, uh, good defense, solid defensive shortstop who had some talent to be able to hit. Um. Mariners signed him to a contract extension in uh, 2022. The five-year deal worth $51 million total. So he is currently signed through 2026. He will be a free agent in 27, at which point he will be 33 years old, 33, 34 years old. This is a $10.2 million AAV contract for 
what amounted to a 4.9 or a 5 Fangraphs win player last season. Enormous, enormous value for the Mariners based on uh, his results last season. So keep in mind, back of your head, J.P. Crawford, top five Fangraphs wore shortstop last season. Not necessarily going to continue to do that, but I think top 10, top 12 is realistic. You have him signed at just over $10 million a year for the next three years, 24, 25, 26 season. Just keep that in mind when you're uh, thinking about the plan at shortstop for the Mariners. It was well documented that uh, before last season, the offseason between 22 and 23, J.P. Crawford went to driveline, did a tremendous amount of work in trying to become more explosive trying to become a uh, be able to impact the ball in a much different manner his average exit velocity in 2022 was 85.1 miles an hour which is incredibly low uh we all remember all the, the soft hit fly balls and whatnot that he hit last season or two seasons ago his uh launch angle which I don't put a tremendous amount of weight into but his launch angle in 22 was 8.9 degrees. It's pretty low, lots of line drives, lots of ground balls, and it was up to 15.1 degrees uh, last season. So more fly balls, his average exit velocity, he increased to 88.3 miles an hour, which is 3.2 miles an hour over his previous season. He had the best hard hit percentage of his career, which still only ranked him in the 21st percentile in baseball, but it was the best of his career. His fly ball percentage, 38% was his best since 2018 when he was with the Phillies and his pull percentage 43% was his best since 18 as well. What does all that amount to? He hit the ball harder. He hit the ball in the air more often. He hit the ball to right field more often. So that resulted in 19 home runs, which tied him for 10th amongst shortstops in baseball with Xander Bogertz. Uh, He ended up hitting 266, 380 on base percentage, which ranked him third among shortstops, 438 slug, which ranked him 13th among shortstops, but an 818 OPS, which was fifth among shortstops in baseball. He scored 94 runs, 65 RBIs. Much of that was because he hit leadoff. Uh, Once they moved him to the leadoff spot in front of Julio, the offense really did take off. Only two stolen bases. Really, J.P. Crawford hit some timely home runs, but he walks. That's kind of his trick, right? 14.7% walk rate, 96th percentile in baseball. Struck out just under 20% of the time, which is above, which is uh, below the league average as far as strikeout percentage. Swinging strike weight, whiff rate, those things were very much in line. He was a 134 WRC plus player last season. That was third amongst all shortstops in baseball. Last two seasons were 103 and 103. So he took an enormous jump offensively last season, in large part because of the time spent at driveline. Can we expect him to do the same next season? Not sure yet. Uh, I think it is probably realistic to expect something in between. 103 WRC plus and a 134 WRC plus, but at $10.2 million, I will take it. If he does produce another season like last season, the Mariners are in business. 
314 BABIP, not too, too crazy. Uh, he hit lefties and righties pretty equally. Lefties 276 average, righties 266. The big difference was in power, 463 slug against righties, 382 slug against lefties. And that is the reason for a about a 90-point difference in OPS. One other note offensively with JP, 154 WRC plus in the second half of the season where he hit 282, 401, 492 for an 893 OPS. He was on fire in the second half. 118 WRC plus in the first half. So really in many ways carried the Mariners offense, he and Julio in the second half. Um, 900, close to 900 OPS shortstop is wild. Now, I gave J.P. Crawford an A- minus last season. Everything offensively that I just described, obviously top five shortstop Fangraphs war, number three WRC plus among shortstops. Why did I give him an A-? His defensive metrics over the last two seasons have been horrible, as in bottom 10th percentile in baseball. Outs above average last season, negative eight put him in the fifth percentile. In 22, outs above average, negative 11, second percentile in baseball. So in the past two seasons, he has been in the bottom fifth percentile in baseball for outs above average. He was in in the 54th percentile in 21. He was in the 98th percentile in 2020. His speed has been decreasing over the, over the years, 38th percentile in 22, 35th percentile last season. What, what's the conclusion with him defensively? In my mind, less range still makes many of the, uh, most of the routine plays he makes at shortstop. Um, he is a very much a team leader. Does not make a ton of errors. 14 errors at shortstop is not horrible. That was last season, 14 and 22 as well. So a very kind of straightforward, make the routine plays, turn a decent double play sort of shortstop who is not going to give you tremendous range. But if he provides the type of offense that he did last season, you're in business, especially if the Mariners start someone at second was above average range-wise and continue to play Eugenio Suarez at third because you can cover up for the lack of range with JP with a uh, an elite range second baseman or elite range third baseman. So I gave him an A-. minus. I think JP Crawford was great, provides tremendous value at $10.2 million a year. I don't necessarily expect him to have a 380 OBP next season which is really where his offensive value came from. But 360, even 355 at shortstop, leadership, score runs, timely hits. Uh, JP had a great season. Mariners are set at shortstop through 2026, as far as I'm concerned. I would plop him there, leave him there. The only way I'm moving JP Crawford off of shortstop is if I could acquire if the Mariners could acquire a better defensive shortstop who is still going to provide offense and their best position was short, then considering moving J.P. Crawford to second base, I think is something that you could do. 
but based on who's available, this offseason, this probably isn't going to make any sense uh, to move him. And I also think moving your leader, your defensive, you know, kind of your most vocal leader out there off of short may have an impact as well. I don't tend to buy into that sort of thing necessarily, but leaving him there and letting him be, I think, is the right decision. We will come back to that in a little bit. Uh, I covered Jose Caballero in the second-based episode. Basically, he is a very good, an elite defensive middle infielder with very, very good speed and the ability to hit left-handed pitching. Uh, To me, he's a good 26-man on the roster. Uh, I think he because JP plays most every day, he played 144 games last season. I think uh, the idea that you keep someone like Caballero um, to give JP the occasional breather is a good idea. The other organ or other players in the organization capable of playing short. Uh, we covered all of these in the second base episode outside of Felney and Celestin. I will cover them quickly again. Ryan Bliss, I believe, is a second baseman. Right-handed hitting 5'6", 165. He'll be 24 in December. I think we'll see him in the Major League roster at some point in 24. Does not impact shortstop much for me other than I don't know if you're carrying both Caballero and Bliss on the roster. Bliss has the capability of covering for JP in a pinch. Axel Sanchez, uh, 20 years old. Not a great prospect. I think he, coming into last season, was seen as a better prospect than he is now. Probably the best fielding middle infielder in the system, but he hit under 200 last season in high A ball as a 20-year-old. So uh, he's on the back burner, not sure if he's going to pan out. Michael Arroyo is a second baseman, I believe. Cole Young, if the Mariners really wanted to push him and make him a shortstop, I think they could. He's a 55 runner with decent range and arm. We've talked about him a, a ton. Very, very good bat. Uh, Going to be a very good major leaguer, but I believe he's the second baseman of the future for the Mariners, not a shortstop. Uh, Colt Emerson, I believe, is a third baseman. He played third base with Team USA. Uh, he's going to continue to grow. He's already 6'1", 195, just turned 18 years old. Um, I think Colt Emerson, for me, is a third baseman. I'm going to leave him there. And then Ty Pete, the third first-round pick for the Mariners uh, in this last draft, 6'2", 193, double-plus arm, ridiculous arm. I think he's a third baseman or a center fielder, ultimately. So the last one is Felnine Celestin. Mariners signed him to a big international free agent um, contract uh, last uh, two years ago or a year and a half ago. 6'1", 175, incredible five-tool athlete, 60 to 65 run, plus arm, incredible athleticism. I think he will be a shortstop or a center fielder, uh, just explosive, dynamic. He had a grade two hamstring in June, which hurt his 2023 season, but he'll only be 18 this season. Um, And I think with a decent year in rookie ball or rookie in, in low A, you will see Celestin on some top 100s and potentially some top 50s. Uh, he's that kind of talent. He, to me, is the heir apparent at short. I believe the Mariners' goal is to have him ready to take over for J.P. Crawford in 27 when Crawford's contract is up. 
Uh, to me, that's the backfill plan. Uh, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, so Celestin is the one, if you're earmarking shortstop, Celestin is the one who is uh, kind of the prized prospect behind Crawford. Emerson is probably the best prospect in the system, but he's a third baseman. As I said, Pete is third base or, or center field. And then Cole Young, I believe, is a second baseman. So we'll talk a little bit now about some of the potential free agents. The list is as follows. Uh, Ahmed Rosario, he was a 2.9 war player last year, 28 years old. Brandon Crawford, 37 years old. Javier Baez has an opt-out. He was terrible last season. Isaiah Kiner-Falefa. Tim Anderson has a club option, but he was terrible again last year. Jose Iglesias, Paul DeYoung, Nick Ahmed, Joey Wendell, Alberto Mondesi, Danny Mendek, Irie uh, Adrianza, Kike Hernandez, and Chris Owings. None of those names do much of anything for me. Uh, I also looked at second base because I believe the Mariners would consider JP moving JP Crawford to, or excuse me, second base because Crawford, I think, and a second baseman together, you could figure out which one was best at shortstop and it would potentially solve one of those two issues. Uh, the only two on this list that interest me at all are Elvis Andrews or Jorge Polanco. Uh, Andrews is 35 years old. I don't know that I would want him as a stopgap. Even Polanco, we talked about in the second base episode. I would love to see him on the Mariners. He does have a club option this season. I would still offer him in trade. Uh, so not a lot of great names there. The names I have down on my list as even remote considerations are uh, Rosario and Anderson. Yes, Polanco, we covered him. And I've had to put Andrus down there just because Andrus was um, not horrible. Well, he was horribly horrible. Sorry, he's 81 WRC plus last season, 406 at-bats. So we're just going to leave him off the list. Uh, Ahmed Rosario, big name was a top five prospect in baseball with the Mets. Uh, everyone sees his name, thinks speed and explosiveness, 263, 305, 378 last season with the Guardians and the Dodgers, 683 OPS, enormous platoon splits the wrong way versus lefties. He was better. Six homers, 15 steals in 545 plate appearances. So very little power to speak of. 88 WRC+. plus. It was 102 in 2022, 105 WRC plus in 21. So it hasn't really shown that he can hit for much power. And last season, he was a negative 14 outs above average. Bottom percentile in baseball. So he doesn't walk. He's barely hit double digit home runs in his career in a season. 24 steals was his peak. So it's not as if he's running a ton. He's never been above 105 WRC plus. He is a sixth. He hit 636 OPS versus righties last season, 768 versus lefties. So platoon split is pretty extreme in the wrong direction because there are more right handed starters. And for his career versus righties, a 670 WRC plus. So 
would I sign him? Absolutely not. He's going to get money from someone. Doesn't hit the ball very hard. Doesn't walk. Doesn't really steal a ton of bases anymore. Never had a WRC plus above 105. Platoon splits in the wrong direction and a terrible defender. No thanks. Pass. Tim Anderson, 30 years old. As we said, Tim Anderson has a club option this season. Uh, on his career, Tim Anderson has been pretty darn good. Uh, very weird player, doesn't walk, lots of contact. Last season, as a 29-year-old, he had 245, 286, 296 slug with a 582 OPS. Stinks. One homer in 524 plate appearances. Clearly, there was something wrong with him. I think he was hurt. Uh, but he did have WRC plus above 110. So 110 in, 20, in 2022, and it was all the way up to 140 in 2020. So productive offensive player. Last year, he was terrible. Outs above average, uh, 31st percentile, negative one. Outs above average, 74th percentile in 21, 27th and 22. So career 282 hitter, 3.8% walk rate for his career. Uh, okay, defensively, not sure what he's gonna, what he would cost. Good veteran presence, uh, positive player. Uh, don't love him. If you signed him, you were betting that he would get back to where he was previously. Um, I think the Mariners are almost better off rolling with Rojas and a platoon partner than they are to sign to a player like Tim Anderson, who probably wouldn't. Wouldn't cost a ton, but would cost more than those those guys would. Uh, as I said, Andrews is a pass. Polanco, I would go after, um, depending on what it would cost. And just to, as a reminder, J.P. Crawford was number five in Fangraph's war among shortstops. Seeger, 6.1. Lindor, 6.0. Witt, 5.7. Swanson and J.P. were tied at 4.9 with Gunnar Henderson. You're talking about a top five shortstop. In J.P. Crawford. So we're going through who's available as an exercise, but J.P. JP is your guy. Trade candidates. Uh, if I was the Mariners, I would consider Willie Adamas. Milwaukee Brewers, right-handed hitter. He's a free agent, 25, arbitration eligible, obviously, this season. Uh, he would only be available because Milwaukee was trying to save money. They were 19th in payroll in 23. They don't have an obvious replacement for him. My assumption is they will pay him again this year in arbitration and let him go as a free agent. He only hit 217 last season. He did have an OPS of 717, and he did hit 24 home runs with a 12.5% walk rate and a 25% K rate. That's a 94 WRC+. plus. 31 home runs in 22, 109 WRC+, plus, but a 120 WRC+, plus in 21, and a 126 WRC+, plus in 20. The other thing... 16 outs above average last season, 99th percentile in baseball. An incredible defensive center or shortstop in Willie Adamas and gives you 20 plus home runs as well. So not necessarily fit, fitting the profile of what the Mariners are looking for to get uh, a little more contact, fewer strikeouts, but I think would still be a value add for the Mariners at short if they could acquire him. I do think he would be fairly expensive. I assume Milwaukee would be asking for uh, Wu or Miller. 
might be able to trade from that middle infield, you know, uh, talent base in the minor leagues to get him. But I don't think he would be cheap. Be an interesting acquisition. Uh, would I do it? I think at the right price, I would. Um, is he a tremendous upgrade to the team? Uh, defensively, obviously, yes. Offensively, uh, an upgrade over what we have at second currently, but uh, it, it would be complex. I think there'd be some complexities to acquiring Adonis and fitting him in. Tommy Edmond is someone that that people will talk about a little bit. He's terrible offensively. Uh 307 on base, 399 slug, 7.3% walk rate. Uh, His calling card is his defensive versatility and his speed, 27 steals last season, 92 WRC plus, not an upgrade to me over anything that the Mariners already have. Matt McClain, I've heard mentioned, he had a pretty good offense, well, tremendous offensive year rate stat-wise last season, 290, 357, 507 slug, 864 OPS, Cincinnati Reds, former first-round pick. Second base shortstop, right-handed hitter, 403 plate appearances, 16 home runs, 14 steals. Good for a 128 WRC+. All sounds good, right? 23 years old, former first-round pick. Uh, Cincinnati has an absolute glut of uh, middle infield uh, top 100 prospects. Nuovi Marte, uh, Ellie De La Cruz. These guys aren't prospects anymore, but they're young. Uh, Edwin Arroyo, Matt McLean, obviously, um, just tons of guys. Spencer Steer can play second base. So McLean, I think if he could get pitching for the Reds, I think they would consider trading him. However, he would certainly cost one of uh, Brian Wu, Bryce Miller. They'd probably ask for Logan Gilbert. But he had 385 Babbitt, which is very high, right? Probably more of a true 260 hitter. He hit in Cincinnati, which is probably the best park in baseball to hit in at this point in time. And only six parks, according to Baseball Savant, would he have hit 16 or more home runs, which is what he hit last season. So I think there's a bit of fool's gold in his numbers. I certainly wouldn't give up a uh, one of the prize pitchers in order to acquire him. I know people will talk about it. It's not a guy I would want at the cost of one of the uh, prize pitchers. Now, outside of Polanco, the one player that I would really love to see the Mariners try to acquire, and I don't think he would cost a uh, tremendous amount, is Luis Renjifo of the uh, Los Angeles Angels. Renjifo was very good last season. Uh, good offensive player. Last season, Renjifo played second, third, short, and outfield. He had 264, 339, 444 slug with a 783 OPS. 16 home runs, 9.2% walk rate, so a little bit of power, walks a bit. 18.4% K rate, that fits the Mariners' uh, desire to... Uh, acquire a little more contact and, and put a little more contact and a little less three true outcome in the lineup. Hit a 114 WRC plus last season, 103 WRC plus in 22. He was good for 1.9 fan graphs war last season, which was 19th among shortstops. Um, you know, interesting player, switch hitter, uh, 
195, kind of stocky, can, as I said, can play multiple positions pretty much everywhere on the diamond. He didn't play first last or catcher last season, but I believe catcher is probably the only place he couldn't play. Um, he hit righties a lot better than he hit lefties. He actually had a, uh, excuse me, hit lefties a lot better than he hit righties. So 928 OPS versus left-handed pitching, 727 against righties. So fits some of that same bill as uh, Demo and Caballero, but a better version. I like Renjifo a lot. Arbitration eligible in 24, free agent in 26. 27 years old, so right in his prime. And I believe the Angels would deal really anything that's not nailed to the stadium uh, if they could get something or someone younger with a higher upside in return. So Renjifo is a player I would really target. Uh, I don't think he would cost the Mariners a fortune. I think he would probably cost them one of their bottom a top 10 prospect, but towards the bottom of the top 10, someone like a Locklear, uh, they could certainly get him for someone like Farmello. Uh, I wouldn't trade Pete for him necessarily. Uh, I think Gabriel Gonzalez is a top five Mariners prospect. Ultimately, I wouldn't trade him for uh, Renjifo either, but kind of in that range of Farmello, uh, Arroyo, maybe a Walter Ford, uh, you know, you might even consider Emerson Hancock because of his injury history, something in that range for Renjifo. You could give them, not that they would want Haggerty, but Haggerty plus a uh, prospect in return for Renjifo. I think he would be an upgrade offensively for the Mariners. So just to recap at shortstop, for me, uh, JP is an incredible option until 2026. He'll be 30, 33 years old at that point. I think at that point, he you would not want him to be a regular shortstop anymore. Um, I do expect there to be a little bit of uh, regression from him in 2024. I just think he had such an incredible year this season offensively. I don't expect that from him again. Something in between his 21 and 23 is what I would expect. But a great option at just over $10 million a year. And then I would expect... Felnin Celestin uh, to become the Mariner shortstop unless he flames out as a prospect. I don't expect Cole Young to flame out. I think he would be a good but not great option at short. I think his range is a little would be a little bit short. Um, I'd prefer to see him at second. But Celestin and Young are the backfill uh, options for the Mariners at short. And in the short term for 24 – if the Mariners could add, I guess my best case scenario would be that they would add both Jorge Polanco and Luis Renjifo. Polanco would become your everyday uh, second baseman. Renjifo would be a uh, platoon option at second, short, third, and in the corner outfield. I think Renjifo plus Demo gives you a lot of flexibility uh, in terms of utility players. I think he's a more consistent utility player and would require some more at-bats than a player like Demo, but you always have injuries. And he could he could even cover in uh, the corner outfield 
when needed. So those are two upgrades that I would want to see at second and short for the Mariners. Um, it's a little bit pie in the sky. I don't expect them to make those. But again, I think Renjifo is the type of player that would be available uh, for not a tremendous amount of uh, minor league capital because the Angels are going to look to rebuild. He's a player that I would love to acquire. And Polanco, just keep an eye on whether uh, the Twins pick up his free agent contract and um, what he might cost on the market because they also have a glut of um, infield players. So once again, that was my shortstop uh, analysis. J.P. Crawford got an A-minus from me. The minus is because of the defense. He was a top five uh, Fangraphs war shortstop last season. Tremendous player, tremendous year. Again, love to see them go out and acquire some veterans like Polanco and Renjifo. I don't know if it's realistic or not. Mariners have a lot of elite talent coming up at second, short, and third. It's exciting times for the Mariners in terms of those positions. Thank you for listening to the Mariners cast. Uh, This was Mariners cast number 103. We are presented to you by Sports Ethos. Once again, you can find me on Twitter at TinoJr20. That is T-I-N-O-J-R-2-0 in the podcast at Ethos Mariners. That's E-T-H-O-S-M-A-R-I-N-E-R-S. I will be back on Friday to cover uh, what I'm going to call the corner outfield for the Mariners, left and right field. Uh, again, that will be on Friday. Thank you for listening. Take care. Enjoy the World Series. Enjoy that football. Uh, appreciate the listening. Take care, y'all. Peace.